Hello and welcome back to Breaking Ground on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. You can contact us on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. This week, I'm chatting to Bill Hill, CEO of the Lighthouse Construction Industry Charity, which we have mentioned several times on the show over the last number of years. It's one that uh, we we very much uh, like to promote the work. And unfortunately, it tends to only get promoted really during Health and Safety Week. And every every year we say, well, that's not the only time to do that. Um, so today, today we're living up to this. Uh, Bill, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to be here, and uh, thanks very much for inviting us. Um, Bill, I'm I'm a huge fan of the work that you and the team at Lighthouse Construction Industry Charity do. I know you work very closely with the CIF in Ireland here, and um, most of our clients, our listeners, our audience would be members of the CIF. Um, so we know that this is a service that is available to um, not just Irish uh, members of the construction industry in Ireland, but also to their families. And it's a point that we try to emphasize kind of um, regularly enough. But one of the things that certainly from our perspective, we we picked up it, um, positive mental health was brought into Construction Safety Week over the last kind of, I think, maybe five years, um, which is great. Welcome. Absolutely. It's welcome. But it's so important that we are taking care of um, the, the mental health of the industry all every day throughout the year. So I, I'm really keen to talk to you about that. What what more can we be doing? So look, you might just give for anybody who's not familiar, you might just give a bit of background as to Lighthouse uh, Construction Industry Charity and just explain what it is and the services that you offer. Yeah, sure. And uh, we've been around for quite a while. We were uh, sort of established in 1956. So we've been, been around quite a while. In fact, I think we started in Ireland I think about 1963, uh, we've always had one of our local regional lighthouse clubs in Ireland uh, since then. But uh, we wake up every day and we're 100% dedicated to, to the welfare and well-being of the construction workforce and their families uh, in the UK and Ireland. That's our remit. And our vision is that uh, no construction worker or their family should be alone in a crisis. And uh, what we do is we, we deliver five completely free services to anyone working in construction and their families. First of all, we get the 24 seven helpline uh, It's available for emotional, physical and financial support. Uh, we've got text hard hat, which will immediately get through to somebody uh, who can give them some counseling for those people that don't want or don't have the courage to make the phone call. Uh, we've got a terrific little app you can download called the Construction Industry Helpline app. It's packed full of information, advice and guidance on emotional, physical and financial support. And then we've got a fantastic new training centre called uh, the Lighthouse Wellbeing Academy, which uh, allows people to get access to self-paced training on soft skills uh, subjects like uh, building resilience, uh, managing your own budget and even meditation and, uh, for construction as well. So it's got a lot of courses in there. And then we've also got tutored courses and leadership courses building on that whole academy. And the thing we're really proud of is the fifth service, which is we built out a nationwide network. And I can't remember how many is in Ireland, but we've got, uh, I think, uh, 70 or 80 uh, lighthouse beacons in Ireland where we've looked to see what's available for people to drop into um, as they're working away from home to get socialisation um, and, and, and meet other people, like-minded people in a non-judgmental environment. And these places are, are usually facilitated by skilled people you can recognise problems and help them get signposted to help as well. So all those services 
are absolutely free and available to, to everybody in Ireland. And, uh, and we are trying our hardest to get that message out there because uh, awareness is, is one of the big problems we've got is getting just people aware that these services are actually available. And the second big problem is getting them to use them because uh, the vast majority of the population in construction are men and uh, we're not all that brilliant about uh, asking for help in this particular dimension. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I, Bill, I think that's very true. And look, obviously, construction industry, while we're improving um, by attracting more uh, women into this sector, it is still very much male dominated. Um, do you see, though, in terms of, I, I know what you're saying, that sometimes men, and it's a huge generalization to say that, you know, they might be the best at, at talking about problems. But I mean, certainly from my perspective, I, I've seen that start to change over the past decade. How are you seeing it? The fact that you have the perspective over such a long time of the English and Irish uh, marketplace, are you seeing a shift in kind of the culture around being able to talk about, to, to being able to talk, to be being able to step forward and look for help? Yeah, and, and it's generational. Uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> great years. Uh, I was brought up in an environment where, you know, you you weren't, uh, you know, left to expose yourself in this way. You were supposed to be tough, you know, put a lid on it, grow up here, all those sort of type things. You were you were told as a kid, don't cry, don't do this. Um, so so we've got a generational issue to, to work with as well, because if you look at the demographic within construction, it's heavily skewed towards that older generation. Um, we're not getting enough young people through, but that's where we see the breakthrough is that the younger people coming through are more willing to talk about uh, this subject matter, which is which is great. Uh, the second thing which I see is a bit of a breakthrough is, is putting the right kind of vehicle. Uh, sorry for the pun here, but the right kind of vehicle on site. And and what we've had is a, is a tremendous uh, success with with a program that we've been using called Make It Visible on site. And uh, we've been putting two tradesmen. Um, inside uh, a very highly covered uh, coloured van provided to us by Ford, uh, free of charge. Thanks very much, Ford. Um, and uh, they've given us a van. We've been in Ireland and done a tour in Ireland and getting to those sites and getting tradespeople in front of other tradespeople and talking about um, their lived experience and what they've done, etc., has really opened up the conversation cross-generation, uh, which is brilliant. And it really has made people talk. Uh, which is exactly what to do. So starting the conversation is vitally important and then creating an environment where it's okay to, to have those types of discussion on an ongoing basis. Um, so we're making some breakthroughs, but you know, with, with culture change, it's going to take a long time. But the good news is it is absolutely moving in the right direction. Yeah, that's really positive to hear, Bill. You know, one of the things I I think the the services that you provide, you know, there are a robust list of services there, and it's great. And again, we'll we'll kind of recap those before we close out today. But one of the important things you mentioned there was around training and resiliency training. And one of the things that, you know, certainly I've thought about um, having been in the industry for a decade and a half or so, and having come through. Uh, the crash more than a decade ago you know one of the things that that don't mean is that we always talk about the resiliency of the construction industry and the how resilient individual construction company owners are and how resilient contractors and tradespeople are and at some point does that stop being does that stop being kind of a, a positive attribute and does it start to almost be a mantle that you have to hold up 
you know, should we maybe stop talking about how resilient the industry is and talk about how vulnerable how vulnerable it can be allowed, you know, or that it's okay to be vulnerable, that you don't have to be resilient all the time. Like, do, does this become almost like, um, I suppose, something that you have to prop up then? I, I don't think so. I mean, I, 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 resilience has got many facets to it. And when you're talking about companies, resilience then okay that's is putting money away in the good times for making sure you're okay for the bad times and some good companies have done that and you you look at some of the owners of some of these companies especially the family ownership companies who treat their workforce like family they're absolutely amazing uh to look after those people in the in the hardship times because they put stuff um aside you look at some of the more corporate oriented um, organizations and probably they have uh, less of that connection with the workforce because a very large proportion of the workforce are self-employed agency workers or on zero hour contracts. So there's not the same emotional attachment to those individuals as you would get in a family company. So, you know, there's, there's, there's different different ways of looking at this, but, but I think individual resilience um, is, is actually having the capability of, um, of of been able sorry about that um individual resilience is is having the the, the capability of of, of been exposing yourself as well that is part of being resilient is being able to uh, yeah. discuss tough um, uh, tough activities very good and i noticed uh, at the start you know you you put kind of an almost equal emphasis on the emotional health the physical health and, and obviously the financial so do you does financial play a huge role um in in what would present maybe as issues uh without a doubt the the highest call to our our, our helpline is people in financial difficulty and, and that goes back to having some uh confidence in the 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 money coming into the household as well and if you are uh you know self-employed agency workers you're a contractor mm-hmm. then you know you you are you know concerned all the time about being having some constant flow of, of finance coming into the company but but with that finance worry comes you know mental health issues and so I think again if, what I want to try and do is as is an organization is to try and raise the agenda uh, to health and well-being of our workforce and that includes the mental health the physical health the financial health and also the environmental health as well because you know having a horrible place to go to work is not good for your mental health. So it's about how do we work as an industry to make sure there are uh, some really good standards in place for the sites that our workforce work in that actually, you know, we don't make their well-being worse by coming to work. I mean, everybody is responsible for their own well-being. A company is not responsible for your well-being, but they are responsible for creating an environment when you have to work in that we don't make it worse. Um, and, and if we can, We'll make it better uh, in yeah. that environment. So it's, it's creating the right environment as well, and that's what we need to do: is raise that game uh, to to that level to to be able to to make it a better place to work. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point in terms of the environmental factors. Uh, Bill, I might just take it back a step because you know sometimes I feel like there has been, a, you know, the conversation you talked about the importance of starting a conversation and, uh, and almost going back to the start, and it's something I see in kind of lots of different facets of of uh, professional life that sometimes when you're on uh, when you're on a, a track you forget to go back and bring people along with you from the start so let's just go back and talk about you know is there is there 
kind of a, a definition of what positive mental health is. I mean, do people know the difference between, you know, situational challenges and when that starts to impinge on mental health? Is there a strong awareness around that or is there a level of education that needs to happen around that? I think, yeah, I think you've made a point there. I mean, I think there's a level of education to understand when when you are feeling down for a long period of time and it's having a, an impact on you. And, and certainly looking at the, you know, the, 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 the waterfall effect of, of a highly stressful position. Now, stress is actually good for you in short bursts. It makes you feel very aware, very capable, sharp, et cetera. But if you get stress every single day, it releases obviously the wrong chemicals inside your brain, um, which then can lead to anxiety. You start getting anxious about the work because you're really stressed. And then if you get anxious for a long period of time, you can head straight forward into some a depressive state as well over a period of time. So, so I think if we make people aware that this is a this can happen, and and also having mood swings, you know, on a regular basis is absolutely fine. Most people have them, but if you are in a low mood. For a long period of time, you, you you need to do something about it. You need to do something to take yourself away from that situation, either to do some self-coping strategies or to seek some sort of help or guidance through that process to get you back on track. And so that is education. And I think you've, you've had, had a good point there. And that, that's something we can do uh, to, to the workforce is educate them in that way. You know, uh, we would love to get to a stage where people have an awareness about maybe their own current state and and you know you you said it yourself people are responsible for their own well-being but in terms of the building site being such um almost a unique environment in terms of uh the activities that happen there and actually increasingly becoming a bit of an isolated one where we've got more technologies and fewer people on site and maybe people coming in and out so you don't have the consistency that you might have had on a building site 20 years ago working with the same crew doing the same thing you know are there are there are there things that may be unique to a construction site that all workers could be watching out for amongst themselves and each other you know are there are there are there symptoms that are maybe presenting or behaviors that are presenting uh, over and over again yeah that does actually come with if you're working with the same people for a reasonable amount of time um and i'm a firm believer i mean uh you know, the, the women in society have got a fantastic antennae for being able to pick up the vibes of somebody who's feeling down. Um, I, I feel men have got the same antennae. We just don't decide to use it. Um, mm. And so sometimes when you see somebody in the living crisis, the, the answer is to, to walk walk on by. Um, and there, I mean, there's three little golden nuggets I, I, I use all the time is, you know, is if you see somebody um, who's who you think is not having a good time, just, just ask them if they're okay. And, and don't ask them once, but ask them twice, because the second time you might get a different answer. And, and make sure you've got enough time to spend with them. If they do, do decide to unload to you, make sure you've got enough time to, to give them that, um, that space. And then the second uh, golden nugget is seek to understand before you seek to be understood, um, which is give, don't, don't judge what they're saying, because their problems from their side, their lens, and it might be a problem to them, but it might not be a problem to you. You don't just labour and say, well, that's not a problem because it is to them. So it's trying to get that non-judgmental uh, type uh, conversation going so it, they can unload without getting judged upon it. And the third one is very, very simple. Um, it's just be kind. 
um, you know, there's no reason to be unkind to another fellow human being in a building site or anywhere for that matter. It's just be kind. And if you approach with those three golden nuggets, then um, the, the building site will be a better place. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it sounds so simple when you say it like that, but I understand it's, you know, it won't have been everybody's experience on, on a building site. So, I mean, that's that's probably something to bear in mind. But um, really, I, I'd love for people to feel some bit armed after this interview that, you know, they they might be able to recognise some some signals that a colleague in trouble or or a colleague who's struggling might be sending out, you know, and, and even if it is a case that you ask how somebody is and then ask again, you know, that's that's a really important one. Um, for people who might be feeling vulnerable right now, you know, what's the first step to, to getting in touch and how, you know, how do they know it's the right time to be reaching out to you? Well, I guess it's just how to break down the barriers that they, they an individual will probably know that they are not in a good place. I can't I believe you're sitting in a bad place and not actually recognising you're, you're not, the world is not turning in the right direction for you. It's then having the courage to to be able to to go talk to somebody or to reach out for that help. And, and that's, again, breaking down, especially the male psyche is not uh, conditioned in that way. And it's breaking down and creating an environment to allow that to happen. And also to have, all of the things available on the site to, to say that, you know, here's a telephone number to call or, or there's maybe a well-being champion on site as well, that somebody's a safe, a safe person to talk to, to, to on site. And it's creating that environment for them, them to go to. And then it's the work colleagues as well to recognize it and actually give them the prompting and help to say, come on, buddy, you know, you, you, you know, you, you're really down at the moment. Let's get, let's get you off to see somebody or to talk to somebody. Come on let's move or go for a cup of tea with them or something. It's, it's about that, being able to do that. But, but the environment, because it's so transient, is quite difficult to do. And, and also you've got language barrier and, and, and religious barriers and all those things. You've got this whole pop purity, purity of society inside uh, work, uh, the, 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 the building sites, that sometimes overcoming those barriers is quite difficult, but we all must try. Yeah, Bill. Based based on um, your experience across the English and Irish market, are people more likely to reach out to you on the twenty four seven helpline or on your text line, um, the the text helpline, hard hat? Um, both. With the, the the texting is is coming on um, and growing quite strongly. But but what I'm really pleased to say, I mean, last year we saw twenty percent growth in the, the people contacting our helpline, which is very encouraging. Um, so I, I think it's getting that helpline out of talking to a real person um, is, is if you can talk to somebody on site is absolutely the best thing. If, if your buddy's on site or there's a, a well-being champion on site who has got the skills um, to, to be able to talk and, and give them signposting to the right place, et cetera, that's got to be the best. And family and friendships are without doubt the, the number one place to go. But if you haven't got that surrounding you, then it's picking up the phone and talking to somebody who's going to listen to you um, and, and take you through a process to, to help you get to a better place and, and get you the help and support that you need. So for me, picking up the phone um, is probably the easiest. Super. Um, Bill, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. And I will make sure that those helpline and, and the text information is circulated with this interview because this is something that is likely to impact 
everybody at some stage in their life. So we want to make sure those resources that are available are, are known. Um, apologies. I know we're caught for time today, so we didn't even have time to really go through one of your really exciting initiatives, which is Make It Visible. So actually, we might touch base with you in a couple of months time or, or even less and see what we can do to make sure that that's on some of the some of the building sites in Ireland that it really ought to be on. So maybe that's something we can work with you on um, over the coming months to make sure we do that and we'll do a check-in at that stage. Um, but for now, apologies, that's, that's all we have time for. My thanks to Bill Hill, CEO of Lighthouse Construction Industry Charity. And that's it from us this week. You can get in touch with the show on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. My thanks as always to the Hear Me Roar production team and to Luke Delaney on sound for Dublin South FM. Until next time, Thank you for listening.